Hi everyone, um, I have David Miller here with me today and he's a relationship coach. We will, we will talk about relationships and polarity because that's his, um, that's his area of focus and he's helping a lot of women actually. So I think it would be nice to, to speak about your work and what you do and how, how you help women and how, how you help couples to have more fulfilling relationships. Thank you, Roxana. I'm so happy to be here to share with you. This is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you have any uh, any curiosities that you'd like me to expand I would, on? Yes, I would love to know about your work and what you do. And because I know that you work with um, Zach and Mark, I don't remember the surnames, but you have a group on Facebook where you teach all about polarity and all about yeah the um, traditional feminine and masculine roles, right? That's what it is. Yeah, so I guess it was about three years ago I realized the importance of this. I'd done an awful lot of internal work and healed. I was I was uh, almost healed. There was only one really one really big thing left, and that happened about uh, two years ago. The it was my final healing. It was the it went right down into the core wound and mm-hmm. and it healed. And after that, there's been nothing i just got completely grounded in my masculine core and nothing has been able to shake it since and i've had some pretty vile things come my way so it's been uh, it's been quite a pleasure to live like this and you know i just want it for everybody mm-hmm. yeah and and i've realized basically all i've done is return to my to my nature as a human being and by removing the conditioning from the traumas in life and and so yeah we've got we've got a a wonderful thing happening in zach's group and we also do uh, one-on-one coaching and uh yeah zach and i mostly working together we kind of got inspired by mark while it was happening in our own lives mark mark was there sort of just pointing the way and yeah we're very grateful to him for that but then zach and i started to collaborate mostly and just the two of us experiencing it in our bodies, mm. like living in devotion, um, it, and then hashing it out. So, so we were just kind of like tossing concepts back at each other, back and forth at each other. And, and the more he would say, it would open me up. And the more I would say, it would open him up to just, just being able to talk about it mm. and find the importance of, being able to label masculine traits and feminine traits Mm -hmm. and and it's so so important to do that accurately because if we don't then we live in a deception and without having clarity and no deception Mm -hmm. you can't have true integrity and you can't really know yourself Mm -hmm. if you don't know yourself then you're it's just human nature to project your stuff onto other people, mm-hmm. especially your partners. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then it's not possible to have a real authentic connection, right? Because then we, we're interacting with the projections rather than with the real essence of the person. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's what's really wonderful. And Zach and I have together, we've come up with this very simple formula that just works. And um, it's certainly... It certainly brings up a lot of internal work for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't had much feedback from the men 
uh, it's been sporadic helping men, which just is how it is. The guys don't really want to open up, but I feel like they're taking, they're taking the advice and going away and working with it and just mm -hmm. not coming back to talk about it too much. Mm -hmm. And I trust that they'll come back if they need more help, but and, yeah, hopefully. That's what I'm thinking because maybe you are embodying this masculine presence so then the women that come to you they get healed simply by being around your energy right and i think it's similar for me with men like that makes sense woman, right <laughs> yeah that makes sense yeah so you're you're working with a lot of men not really i i don't really work i've had a couple of our mas male clients but i i focus on women but mostly like mostly men comment on, on my work mostly men like come to me in in you know even in my private messages and talk to me like they just open up to me and tell me about their struggles and, and stuff they're going through based on you know what i post so a lot of men a lot of men come to me i think maybe i could i should focus more on men actually <laughs> yeah the, because you have that that really soft open feminine energy and men really need that mm. like I know that you must get a lot of unwanted <laughs> attraction as well, but oh, that's good. No. That's nice. But yeah, because because you're grounded. I think it's when when it's really grounded and the 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 strangeness sort of doesn't come at you like yeah. that. And I see a lot of women complain of big pigs and all of this unwanted, you know. And I'm to me like that doesn't even exist. I've never. Yeah. I've never received that and I feel it's because maybe it's because yeah I, I don't invite that in and I'm not saying that they're consciously inviting it in but somehow right. they are open for for that kind of energy so it's just for them to see where you know where where are they allowing that yeah I think a lot of women don't realize how sensitive men are to energy like I you know every time I see somebody online complaining about getting a dick pic I can just scroll through some of their photographs and and again I'm not placing blame because the guys who are doing that are acting inappropriately period mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. it but like you said there's something there that's attracting it and mm -hmm. I can spot it every time mm -hmm. it's there's a there's something in their energy that's kind of leaking their sexuality out mm -hmm. and and it's not their fault and mm -hmm. I'm not saying they're wrong or anything I'm just mm -hmm. I just notice it and yeah and it's that's that's just so interesting to me because I am a very sexual person and I'm just I just talk about sex all the time and it's like such a yeah I'm just very openly sexual but n none of that stuff comes to me so I'm I'm just really surprised how how that works. Well, I can feel that you're like I don't feel your sexuality, mm -hmm. so you're so you're being responsible with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I can see it. Like I can see that you're a very sensual person, and that you, you move, you move in a certain way, and it kind of, like your voice has a little bit of liquid honey to it. So there's, <laughs> you know, so so it comes, it comes out. But uh -huh. but it's. I think it's more in the energy. I think uh -huh. it's the energy that attracts uh -huh. the negative stuff. Yeah, always, yeah. always. Um, I would love to hear about because. Um, yeah, you, you've defined the masculine as devoted masculine and radiant feminine. And I just love that so much. Could you, could you talk a little bit about it? What, what do you mean? And what, what is that devoted masculine and radiant feminine to you? Okay, yeah, I love that. So 
when devotion surfaced out of me, I was in love. I was in the middle of a uh, the beginnings of the most beautiful relationship I've ever had. Uh, yeah, and a beautiful, like a typical, what you might call a soulmate story. And um, so, yeah, devotion came easily. My heart was really open. I used to be what I now call a feminized man. Um, so my heart had to, I had to become very feminine um, and not grounded just to get my heart open. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that every man has to do that, but that, that was my path. Um, and um, so devotion, I, I, like she was on the other side of the world. I hadn't even met her yet. And I had this polarity between us. We, we could both feel it. And she was coming, but it was just taking time to get, you know, permission visas and all this stuff to travel properly. And um, one day this, I felt something different in my body, my whole body. I was, I was working and I had to stop and I set my tool down and I was like, what am I feeling? It was the most lovely feeling in my body, but I just, it was new. It was foreign because it was new. So I sat with it and I sat with it. I was just reflecting like, what is this? And then I realized I was devoted. It was, it was devotion and I'd never felt it before. And yeah, and it was funny how I could even label it, you know, when it's something new, mm -hmm. I had to really, really tune into it. And, um, but yeah, it was um, out of my, just, just out of my love for her. And it was really a beautiful experience to be able to sense just about everything she needed. And I, and I, I noticed in hindsight, I can reflect back on what I was doing and it was like, I was making an internal library of her feelings. So I wouldn't even have to be with her. She could be an hour away. Like when she did come to live with me eventually, and that's when I could really tune into her because I could see body language and hear her tones and really feel her energy. And um, so, you know, hungry was a vibration. And I got to, okay, so when she feels like that, it's hunger, okay. And, you know, oh, and so, so she's hungry, but she needs fruit. Oh, okay. That's that's a different vibration than chocolate. Okay, right? so, or or she she was a, a vegetarian when we met, but she she found that she wasn't really healthy, completely healthy that way. Mm -hmm. So she started eating meat, and then it was like getting used to that. And so I tuned in to all of these things, and I made a library. Like I, it was just stored in my data banks, and when she felt like that. It was, you, you can, it would have taken 10 strong men to hold me down to prevent me from making sure she got what she needed. Cause it was like, <laughs> and that was my greatest pleasure was to just, cause, cause when she, when she was treated that way, she was free. Mm. She didn't have to focus on providing for herself. She didn't have to focus on um, performing in any way than other than what she felt in her body in that moment. And she just, <laughs> she just started to glow. 
And the more she glowed, the more I wanted to give her. And because that was like everything to me. It was that was my greatest pleasure in life. And um, yeah, and so what a man needs when he's in that space, a man has needs too. Mm-hmm. And so his gift of devotion needs to be reciprocated so that the energetic exchange doesn't get off balance. And what he needs is a woman's gift of her submission. So a lot of women get triggered when the word submission comes up. And what that's why I said the gift of her submission. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not she's being dominated over. Yeah. Where where a man's using his power over her. Mm-hmm. He's using his power for her. And her gift of submitting to him willingly, graciously, mm-hmm. from a place of like a blown open heart where she just wants him to be as happy as she feels. And the only reason that a man needs the submission is because part of being masculine is leadership. And you can't have two leaders or two people will end up in two different places. Right. And that's just how it is. Mm -hmm. And so being that the man is in the protective role, it makes sense that he's out front. He's out there providing and, you know, he has to take the lead. So if anything in life is coming at them, he's going to take the hit. Mm. So she's protected. And the way I see it is, you know, imagine, imagine walking down the path of life with your man. You're beside him, but you're just kind of like just a little tiny bit behind so that you can have your arm on his back mm-hmm. or your arm around his back and you're guiding him. He's leading, mm. but, you're, but you're guiding the path. So he's out front and he's making decisions and he's guarding the safety of you both, but you're guiding it. Yeah, yeah. And that feels great for a man too. Mm-hmm. Like whenever I say that, like I paint that picture, women love that. Mm. They're, yeah. You know, they're not being left mm-hmm. out. Exactly, and it's and submission doesn't mean that a woman submits her power and she's just like a powerless or like a doormat and <laughs> she has no say, right? She has so much power. Um, so how how does a woman guide a man? Well, because of the way men are wired, <laughs> this is an awesome question. Um, if you try to tell a man what to do, you're gonna get a no. It's it's gonna show up as a no in many different ways Mm. because and the reason is that that mustn't be taken as disrespect because a man has a vision like we have a as as long as we can't really truly be completely devoted until we know our purpose Mm. Mm. and our purpose our true purpose is going to be filled with passion so in that we get a vision of life and we're driven literally driven compelled to make that vision real and make that vision happen and so when we have a woman that we love in our lives 
she's obviously part of that vision and devotion allows us to completely consider her needs her feelings her wants and her desires as well but those are i mean needs are needs like needs are imperative and some needs she's responsible for herself and other needs she's still responsible for them but she can't really she can't really provide for herself all the time like like i have i can't lie and say i don't have needs anymore like i'm evolved to a certain extent but i really don't have any needs until i'm in a relationship and then you know as soon as her naked ass is walking past me while i'm talking to roxanne on the phone i don't really have any needs but if she's there you know washing dishes with her bare ass wiggling around i'm going to have some needs <laughs> Right. <laughs> if I'm curling up with her at night and feeling her warm body against me, I'm going to have some needs. So needs that I can't meet on my own because it involves her. Mm -hmm. So, so there are needs and then there are needs, but then a devoted man looks after wants and desires as well because he just can't help himself. But, Oh, I went on a tangent there. Um, <laughs> What were we talking about? It was, we were talking about um, devoted men and radiant women and how that dynamic plays out. Okay, so yes, yeah, so the gift of her submission um, is actually creates that feeling of being feminine. We found like when we start teaching women like the differences between a masculine thing and a feminine thing and they start focusing on being feminine they they become radiant when they start to submit and be vulnerable mm -hmm. um they literally just start to glow mm -hmm. and the men in their lives are affected in the most amazing way there's there's been um some women that are that didn't tell their partners their long-term partners that they were getting involved with us and learning these things and they just applied it and became more feminine in their lives and their men who were just like average guy husbands who were just kind of mundane and all the polarity had gone out of their relationship and they were just existing you know mm -hmm. just biding their time and raising their children and ho-hum very drab sex life these men started to <laughs> they started to show signs of devotion almost immediately like within days and their sex life improved and they these guys started to lead the relationship mm -hmm. like it it's all just so natural you mm -hmm. know that's what's so beautiful about mm -hmm. it is it's not the woman's job to do that but if she's the one who knows, then she's kind of the one who's con the conscious one in the room to be responsible. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's better. It's better if the man learns this and then he takes the lead because it's a lot more difficult for a woman because mm -hmm. the only tool she has is really being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And because if she's not vulnerable and she tries to lead a man, into learning this stuff so she so he can meet her in it mm -hmm. then 
he's she's just going to be met with resistance all the time mm. unless unless he's a very i shouldn't say all the time unless he's a very feminine man mm-hmm. but then there's going to be other problems because he just won't take the lead yeah yeah mm-hmm. or or he'll lead if he's if he's not extremely feminine he might lead her but he'll lead her into poor choices okay because he's not grounded in his masculine core he's not living in an objective reality mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so his his subjective misperceptions of life allow him to make poor choices mm-hmm. which aren't healthy for her and then and then what we teach is it's very important that women understand that their submission is a gift and he is not entitled to it. So if a man starts making poor choices and she can feel that like she, she just, she's just going to know in her body, she's going to get anxious. She's going to get afraid. She's going to become nervous. And if she's expressing that to him, in a very vulnerable way so that he can, you know, consider her needs and he doesn't and he continues on the path of poor choice. It's very important for the woman's hand to drop away from his back and choose a path that's healthy for her. Let, let him just, let him just carry on in his foolish choice. Mm-hmm. And she she goes in the direction she needs to go in. So so submission is only offered in reciprocation to pr- proper and healthy devotion. So and leadership. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, that's all part of the picture that's very important for people to understand. Mm-hmm. And so how do you how do you teach women to be more feminine and how do you teach them to submit and be vulnerable? Um, the best thing is uh, what Zach calls feminine communication. Right, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so because if there's if there's masculine behavior, which is very common and because of the way society is right now, and I want to say this up front, try not to get on another tangent and forget what I was going to do. There's nothing wrong with a woman being masculine. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't judge it. I just, the only reason that we say that things are better if she's feminine in a monogamous heterosexual relationship is that she's more likely to have a lifelong partner with that smoking hot polarity mm. in between them if she's feminine. Because if she's not, if she's masculine, she's going to find a feminized man mm-hmm. who is always, and I just said it, always emotionally unstable. Right. So they're going to have all kinds of problems dealing with an immature man. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why it's like, you know, it's okay if you want to be masculine, just understand that this is what, yeah, yeah. And so, um, we we share with women um we 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 ask them to share their behaviors so we can say okay well that's leading mm-hmm. or or that's um you're seeking an outcome from him 
when you when you speak to him that way so then he feels like he's not able to choose for himself and lead properly mm-hmm. so we point out the masculine traits and then we show them we teach them how to speak in a feminine way which is highly vulnerable so let's say your man chooses to go um Let's say it's your anniversary and your man has forgotten and he's choosing to go fishing with his buddies. And you're pretty sure he's forgotten, but you don't, you can't really, you know, maybe he's just playing a joke and he's not really leaving and he's got something lovely planned and he's just giving you a bit of a razz. So you don't really want to accuse him, you know? Mm. So this, this, in this scenario, a very vulnerable, the most vulnerable thing a woman can do is just go to him and tell him how she feels. So, so if that was you, how, how would you feel, Roxana? Uh, I would, I would tell him that um, I feel a little bit uncertain or anxious or worried that you maybe forgot our anniversary and yeah. Okay. See. Okay. So then, that's beautiful. You could get away with that because you're already so feminine. But if a woman still, <laughs> if a woman is still, um, a little bit masculine in her ways, what that's going to do is that's going to hit a man in a way where he can't really let that in to a place where he can care. Mm. He wants to care. And he does care, but as soon as it goes in, in as a as a as an insult or an offense or any kind of fear, like like he's he, you know the shame of forgetting the anniversary, mm-hmm. like if it if it touches in any way that he can't receive it, oh, that's where a man shuts down. Okay. And and so. And then he's not being very masculine about things. So somebody like myself who's grounded can handle that. Mm. And that's why, to me, what you said sounded lovely. But most women saying that, I I hate to say it, but most women saying that couldn't get away with that. What you could do is say, I feel really anxious. Just that's it. That's it. Okay. And then and now if you're with a man who cares for you, mm-hmm. let's say it's let's say so just jumping out of that scenario for a moment, being that vulnerable in a brand new relationship immediately shows you who a man is. If he's if he cares for you, the first thing he's gonna say is, Oh, okay, what's happening? What's going on? Why do you feel anxious? Mm-hmm. Then you can explain what's going on in your mind or what you're feeling in your body. If he doesn't care, he's going to tell you how he feels. Uh-huh. Or oh, I hope it, but if I hope you feel better soon or something like this. Yeah, he won't really care. He won't he won't invest his interest in you. Mm-hmm. Right? He won't be there to see what he could do to help. Mm-hmm. So in the scenario where you're anxious, you know, you think he's forgotten the anniversary because he's going fishing. So you say you feel anxious. He's going to say, okay, well, what's happening? What's going on? And then he's already opened his heart. Mm. He's already taken from his own agency 
his own autonomy, his own authority. He's asked you why. Right? That's the key to communicating with a man. Mm-hmm. If you if you want to get in, he has to be the one to open. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. So then then you can explain to him, well, I'm just feeling you don't want to accuse you don't want to blame Mm -hmm. because you don't really know you could just say well i'm feeling like you might have forgotten about our anniversary but i don't know Mm -hmm. it's just i noticed you're going fishing and i was hoping we could do something nice and so now i'm feeling anxious and sad Mm -hmm. and a man any man even an immature man can take that Mm -hmm. like he, he can receive that you know so yeah, there's something about letting a man come to you yeah. in his own agency that changes how he receives your needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that's we found that very important and it works. It works immediately. Mm-hmm. People, people who've been in conflict like like fighting every two or three days for years they the woman starts doing this and it's it's like that the shift <laughs> mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah i think it's just for the woman to stop doing so much because she's doing step a b and c and d where she can just do the step a say how she feels and then maybe request help or maybe request um some feedback or because because what what i do is that sometimes when i feel it happened actually this week i said to i said to my man that oh i'm feeling anxious can i hear your voice and and then he and then he said of course call me and then and that and then i could share more of my heart and more of you know what was going on for me but yeah i didn't it was i there was not even there was no even blame or anything it was just my own feelings and and i kind of asked his permission and and seek consent whether he you know has the space to to hold me right now and hmm. yeah that's beautiful because that inspires that that part of the man like oh she needs me she needs protection she needs help yeah you know i can come and solve something i can come and fix something Yeah. yeah yeah i feel women are very um resistant to be to be needy and to be that damsel in distress but i i see nothing wrong with it i'm you know i'm i i love when man when a man can help me and can help me feel better and and fix fix me <laughs> you know because it's not, it's not fixing you though it's just fixing the circumstance that makes you feel that way mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and he can really help me see things in a better way because when when i'm when i'm feeling emotional and i'm just stuck in that little bubble of emotion like he can come and like explain things to me and give me a bigger perspective and say oh well you're actually doing really well and you know blah 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 blah. and he can just give me that reassurance that all is well yes yeah yeah and then the the guy feels like a god you know he sees you go from from anxious and sad maybe to feeling okay with a little smile or maybe you're just beaming radiant and he, he just feels like a god. He's mm. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and everyone wins and everyone's happy just because I was able to share my heart. 
and that's I think hmm. that's what vulnerability is, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so sad, like our society yeah, you're in Europe somewhere. I don't know where you live, but I, I'm in UK, but I am from Poland. Oh, okay, okay. Um but Western society in general has indoctrinated people just the way life has gone over the last couple of generations people have been indoctrinated into withholding their feelings yes and which is you know the the people call it the patriarchy <laughs> and i think it's good if a man withholds his feelings Mm -hmm. so he's not dumping them on a woman as though mm -hmm. it's a burden for her mm -hmm. but women need to be open and sharing so that men know because mm -hmm. if if we don't know what you're going through we're just gonna run ramshot through your life yeah yeah like we're just like like an immature man who's not his heart's not open to being able to to tune into your feelings and those those subtle vibrations that you can sense from a person you care about. He's just going to assume if you're submitting, then you're fine. Let's go. We're you're coming along for the ride. Mm -hmm. And if he's if he's like dragging you through the briar patch and you're getting shredded, and he's not and he's too thick to turn around and notice what he's doing, you know that's where a woman has to speak, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm. there might be love there. He might, of course, he's never going to do that intentionally. Mm. Yeah. But. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's important also for women to realize that men are not out there to hurt us and they just don't know. <laughs> they just don't exactly. know. Exactly. We need a little training. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and and we're, we're easy to train like a dog. Like, I don't know if you've ever uh, raised a dog, but. Mm. I used to laugh at people who had dogs that would run away from them. And then when the dog would come back, they'd hit the dog. Mm. And I was like, you just taught it not to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Like men are that simple. Mm -hmm. Like if you, if we do something that's good and we can, and we can see and feel the reward, like a dog, like our reward is that, ah, we did something great for her and she's radiant, you know? um that's that's our reward that's like you know you came back good boy good boy doggy it's we're that we're that simple it's really easy mm -hmm. yeah. yeah 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 and that's that this is i see this very common that yeah that women want to dispense punishment um because of because man he didn't call or he didn't do this or he did this and that that's that's going to just push him away and not really teach him how to how to treat you and how to treat you like you want to be treated right yeah mm -hmm. i remember when with my ex-wife I, I wasn't devoted with her but i was i was loyal like i would never cheat on her but that's not devotion mm -hmm. um but i was doing my best i was a good i was still a good man but i wasn't a great man yet and i was doing my best and the relationship wasn't all that healthy after all so many years and I found myself not honoring what I said I was going to do what she was so now because I said it she had an expectation that I would show up mm -hmm. 
And the reason that I wasn't doing it was very important because something, this amazing opportunity, I don't even remember what it was, but this amazing opportunity showed up out of the blue that was going to be excellent for us, for, for our future. And so it was very out of character for me to not follow through and do what I said I would do. But I didn't show up because I was going for this opportunity. I was receiving it. And it was the, it was the smartest thing a man could do. <laughs> and I, I automatically got accused of being wrong and bad without, without having an opportunity to explain myself or just to share the excitement of this, you know, and it's just like stuff like that. Just like it kicks the it kicks the man's willpower to even try. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's where like a, like when a woman can be gracious and say, okay, well, He's, this is out of character. Something must have happened. I hope he's okay. Yeah. I wonder why he's not calling. But then if she's, if she's got her heart open, she should be able to tune in to him too. Mm -hmm. Right? Is, you know, what's he going through? Yeah. Okay, he feels okay. There must be a good reason because he wouldn't disrespect me without having a good reason. Right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and um, I see, I often see and hear a woman um, saying that men are selfish, but then, but then it's, it's always a reflection because then the woman is not seeing what he's going through and what makes him act in this way for her to judge him as selfish because she's only seeing her reality. She's only thinking about what, how she's feeling and what she's going through, right? And it's, it's always, it's always a reflection and it's always like, Whenever, some, whenever I judge someone for something or judge anything, that's always some kind of reflection of me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That, that was my path for many years. I got <laughs> through a lot of my inner work by doing that. <laughs> so, uh, what would you advise to men to, to open their hearts and become more devoted? Uh keep their dicks to themselves until they know for sure that they want to be with a woman. Mm -hmm. Like at least they they're claiming her in a way that they believe that this is, this is long-term mm -hmm. hopefully forever mm -hmm. because they're leaking their sexual energy they're using women's bodies to masturbate mm. um and it, and they're they're blinding themselves to their their actual purpose in life right. when because because the a lot of our sexuality comes from the energetic center that is our creative center yeah and so when that's leaking all over the place you know whether it's whether it's through through being a player and actually going out and having sex with a lot of different women or or wanting to like as long as there's like that wanting and the and the fantasies mm -hmm. that that energy's leaking mm -hmm. every time every time that man sees a woman that he's attracted to he's leaking mm 
Mm, because it's a creative energy. So it's even if you don't act on it, you're still creating that, right? Yeah. And then the worst case would be Zach and I did a video for the group last night on, on uh, watching pornography. Like if, if a guy's watching porn, uh, now he's really leaking like in two different ways. <laughs> but um, that's, you know, that's a severe leakage and, and he's never going to be able to get grounded and find his purpose in life. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with masturbating. I'm just saying that if it's done in a way, any way that that's causing harm, the problem is that most of the ways that it causes harm are unconscious. He's not even aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's never going to be able to honor a woman until he knows his purpose. Mm -hmm. And that can be anything, but until he knows it and he's feeling all that passion in his heart and his heart is opening up to his purpose and he's acting in ways where he could live out that purpose, he may, he may not be able to, you know, do it right now. It might be something really big that requires money and, and a plan and something to work up to, whatever. As long as he's moving towards it, he's on purpose mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh when he's on purpose he's ready to be responsible for another human being mm -hmm. and not before then yeah mm -hmm. that's just you know it's easy for me to say it now like i might sound to guys that are listening i might sound like i'm all pious and stuff but i wasn't always like this you know like i i found my way to where i am the hard way you know 12 years of intense inner work and going through hell like literal hell like i'm actually very fortunate to be here because i there was many times when i wasn't sure i was gonna stick around so so yeah like i'm not belittling anybody i'm not saying you know you're less than or anything like that mm -hmm. it's it's a hard path mm -hmm. And I'm here to help. Like I work with guys. I want I want to help guys too. No, mm -hmm. well, I'm probably the least judgmental person you'll ever find. <laughs> but it's easy to be vulnerable and share. Mm. And so, what would you say to a woman who yeah who is with a man who doesn't yet maybe know his purpose? Do you think it's um, she should leave and and allow him to find his way? That's a very good question. That sure tests the strength of a woman, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. I would say if there's love, if, if, it, if the love hasn't turned into so much resentment that the love's been forgotten, mm -hmm. that, that's when it gets really hard. If there's still love and in both directions and there's accountability, so so maybe there's some emotional abuse. Maybe there's some mental, emotional manipulation. I call that abuse. Some people don't. Yeah. But, um, but as long as he's being accountable and responsible when he does that, I would say there's hope because 
hmm. He's probably going to turn her into his purpose first. Mm-hmm. But that's like because devotion, like if she if she follows this um feminine communication and becomes very vulnerable and becomes feminized then it's going to guide him into being more masculine yes and that'll be when he starts to feel his purpose inside of him Mm -hmm. it might take time it might take time for that to surface and for him to to realize he might think it's this thing and go chasing after a dream and then realize oh it wasn't that it just i kind of it was like i i felt my purpose and i thought i saw it but i kind of made up a story Mm. and i went after the story instead of like just really letting it surface Mm. so i could truly see what it was so so there's all of that Mm -hmm. you know he might turn her into his purpose and that'll be a problem but um it'll it'll feel good for a little while Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. unless he's unless it's too heavy on her it might push her away yeah but yeah I if she's in one that <laughs> no yeah if she's able to see everything clearly um her guidance will go a long way as long as there's love mm-hmm. as long as she knows how to take care of his heart mm-hmm. so that's one of the big things that, that i share with women is that um what what a lot of women don't realize is that uh, okay so you know what it feels like to have a vagina and that is your yin center in your body mm-hmm. that's where you receive mm-hmm. the energy of life mm-hmm. and men's yin center is their heart and so what a lot of women don't realize is that when they try to penetrate a man's heart with entitlement, yeah. it is as violating as being physically raped. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you're in a relationship with a woman, a guy's in a relationship with a woman, and he loves her, and he's getting raped. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I tell this to women all the time that for men their heart is like our our yoni so they have to really treat a man's heart how they would like to be treated in a sexual way right be really patient roxana thank you so much to hear that from a woman is just oh that changes my whole life (laughs) thank you so much Mm -hmm. i wish every woman knew that because You know, men are seen like, you know, we're the, the, we're the stronger gender mm-hmm. and, and we have all this power and, you know, you should be able to take it. Well, yeah, we should be able to take it, but why do we have to? Yeah. Yeah. But it, it could be the same. It could be said the same for a woman. Like, oh, you should just be able to take it. And it's. It's not like that. There, there needs. To, it's like a flower. It needs time to open up and blossom, and and patience, right? To just really open up in its own timing, and like just that nurturing as well. Yeah. yeah. So there's a word, nurturing. <laughs> That's something that 
women must never do to their men mm-hmm. that they don't realize. Um, and that's not their fault. It's conditioning. And it's also mm-hmm. because uh, feminized men um, almost lead their women into nurturing them mm-hmm. because they, because they haven't healed their mother wound. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so as soon as, if you have two people that have polarity, natural polarity in between them, and there's that magnetic pull and like, you know, that really hot sex and that beautiful attraction. As soon as he turns her into mummy or she turns herself into mummy mm-hmm. because she has a misperception of what the guy actually needs. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's done. Polarity's gone. Well, because what about the other way, if she turns him into daddy, <laughs> that's a good one. Okay, wait now. I haven't really thought about this. This is great. Um, but yeah, I guess yeah, the polarity's going to be gone as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I I have to sit with that and really reflect on on what that would be like in in my body. Mm. My last partner was half my age when we met and that was a big concern for me. I was like, "Oh man, her daddy issues going to show up because her dad left when she was 5." And she had it covered pretty well, but now I'm starting to wonder. <laughs> I'll have to reflect on that. What what if she turns him into daddy? Do you have any thoughts on that, Roxana? Hmm. Yeah, I would I would say it would it would lessen the polarity for sure. It would for her. Yeah, for for both of them because I can I can feel that like if I am a little bit in that nurturing, which I don't mind. I like to be nurturing. I you know I'm. I'm me. I like to nurture, and it, I don't. I don't see it as something. Yeah, I wouldn't do it all the time, but a little bit here and there, it's okay. If you're nurturing, okay. If you're nurturing because it's coming out of you, hmm. like you can't help it. Hmm. That, hmm. That's that's okay. But okay. if you're nur- if you're nurturing because you think he needs you to, uh, yeah, that's that's mothering. That's yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, so I get you because you said never, and I'm like, mm, sometimes. Yeah, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you brought that up because never wasn't correct. So yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe it's okay sometimes for the daddy polarity to to um, happen if if it's a natural expression. So, yeah, like, no, so what we just said, if it's just coming out, yeah. That's something to to just really reflect on. Mm. I, I'm I'm going to enjoy that <laughs> because it is part of like like a daddy um, leads the family. Mm. So so there's leadership. There's domineer. There's mm-hmm. not domineering, mm. but there's some dominance. Mm. Mm. Um, so so these are masculine traits. Yeah, I prefer not to need to be dominant with my partner. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm being dominant with her, 
it's okay. I'm dominant with life. Mm. Like I, I, I dominate my existence, mm. but it's not dominance. Like I'm not, I'm not overpowering other people unless mm-hmm. I get it, unless I become violated by somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but my dominant uh, expression isn't over her. Like I don't, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe if she's been teasing me and it's time to pin her down and fuck her, that's, that's a little different, but mm-hmm. that's just in, you know, that's because of the polarity. So there is a bit of a dominance to the polarity, mm-hmm. but, um, mm-hmm. but I don't dominate over her day. I don't dominate over what she does. Yeah. Right. Um, that, that feels incorrect to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whereas a father, he has to dominate over his children just to keep them alive and keep mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. civility in the house mm-hmm. and right yes it so. would be different it would be a different dynamic and there wouldn't there wouldn't be that sexual polarity right yeah yeah but i think like like i remember i remember with yasmin one day we were at this place called lover's leap and she jumped up on the stone wall cuz she wanted to she wanted to take pictures from up there and it was like a i don't know 30 meter drop down to the rocks down like it was a quarry like a a gorge like if she fell she would have died you know and so like this this little bit of a kind of a fathering energy came out of me in that moment and and i guess you know hmm yeah, I don't know. I guess it shows up at times. Yeah. But I think it, you know, that's, but then I could see how that would kill polarity because, mm. because it was condescending. Like, mm-hmm. like she's, she's a grown woman. Mm-hmm. She's not a child. Mm-hmm. And, and she was fully aware of her body and what she was doing. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, it came out of me because of my own fears. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to lose my sweetheart. Right, I didn't want to see her. Like I didn't want her to get hurt. Yeah. That, that, before me losing her, it was more like I don't want you to get hurt. Mm-hmm. And and I was responsible for her because she was in a foreign country, away from her family. You know all the all those dynamics, mm-hmm. right? And so, but yeah, I could see how that would kill polarity a little yeah, bit. It's continuous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even in that moment. You know, like you say, continuous, like, so what, 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 you know, if there's that moment and then a week later, there's another moment and then three weeks later, there's another moment that's continuous. So what what has to happen in between those moments to make it not continuous? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, guess, yeah, I guess it's a pattern. I guess if it's a pattern, then that that will kill polarity over time, right? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but then it can be addressed, and then you know we can bring it up and talk about it and say, "Hey, where is this coming from? How can we make it better?" Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I guess as long as there's other stuff that's keeping the polarity alive, it won't mm. really. Yeah. Yeah. 
So um, you said that you you dominate your life, like all all of your life you dominate. Would you say that for a woman it's important to be submissive in all areas of life? Only when she's safe. Okay. And she, so to know that, she has to really know the difference between fear and danger. And I think that the most gracious women that I've ever encountered in my life were very in tune with the difference between just being afraid and actually being in danger. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's two different things. Most people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As, soon, as soon as they have the fight or flight or freeze response in their body, they believe they're in danger. Mm-hmm. They actually, they actually believe it. Mm-hmm. Where if, you know, if you're outside of their personal experience and you're just watching this happen, you can clearly see that there's no danger. Right. It's all just thoughts and beliefs. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, it, there's no danger. Most of the time, there is there is that safety, but yeah, that the fears make it. Yeah, make it seem as if it's not safe. Mm-hmm. And so then it's really hard to be vulnerable in that. Mm. But that's where it takes courage. Mm. Yeah, I've, I've been noticing this for me lately. That I've, yeah, I've been feeling that fear and anxiety about certain things in my life. And as soon as I, I, um, I notice and I speak it, and I give it the label like, oh, I'm feeling fear. Then, then that that releases that pressure of me, and and I'm like, oh, okay, I can just witness witness my feelings, and oh, okay, it's not real. <laughs> ah, it's that simple. Mm-hmm. Very good. That's an excellent process. Yeah, it is. It, it's yeah, acknowledging it and speaking it, even if you you know if you you know in a crowded room and it wouldn't be appropriate mm-hmm. even just saying it to yourself internally yeah. makes a yeah. huge difference yeah and then and then like my my inner masculine steps out and then i have this like inner dialogue with between my inner feminine and the masculine and he's like really reassuring and that is just really beautiful <laughs> isn't that awesome mm. i think that's amazing is it actually like a? I mean i had a time when i was integrating um in my masculine core i had a a brief period of time where there was the masculine voice and a feminine voice mm-hmm. inside mm-hmm. and and there was this thing that happened the masculine voice showed up when i had when i healed the um the core wound of a it was a, i call it the abandonment attachment wound mm-hmm. And I had an experience and got an opportunity to finally heal that. It was the last one, and I had been trying to find it for two or three years. It was driving me crazy because I knew it was only one thing left. I could feel it, but I couldn't get to it. Mm -hmm. And um, so that healed, and this masculine presence showed up and integrated. Like It felt like it was like a spirit standing over my right shoulder and in the healing i realized that that's what i needed 
to never, ever be wounded again. And so it was like, I accepted that part of myself. I, I fully accepted it and recognized it, acknowledged it, validated what it was, accepted it. And it stepped right inside my body and it just integrated. And then there was this masculine voice and, you know, you could call it like a spirit guide or your higher self or whatever. I don't know what that, like, I don't really care. I had the experience and I know what that felt like. And then um, it was about three or four weeks later, I found this beautiful, compassionate forgiveness for the woman that hurt me, that caused me to face the core wound. And I wasn't, I knew, fully knew that I wasn't going to have this experience until I forgave her. I had to forgive the woman for the feminine to show up. My feminine showed up over my left shoulder. And the same thing happened. Fully accepted. She integrated into my body. And now I got this masculine voice and this feminine voice, like you said. And um, I can't remember what was happening as I, I was integrating this more and more. And they started speaking in unison. So, but instead it was like, she would tell me the gracious stuff and he would tell me the man stuff. Right. And then, and then they started speaking together. And within about two minutes, their voices became one. Beautiful. And that was, that was it. And then shortly after that, they, they shared with me, um, Roxana, when this was happening, I was realizing that I could never be emotionally traumatized again. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's actually impossible for me. I could be physically traumatized, mm-hmm. but I haven't had that experience yet, but I'm aware that that's still possible because I'm in a human body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I don't, since I haven't had that experience, I don't know if there would be an emotional trauma from that. But words and people's actions, as long as they don't touch me, mm-hmm. I'm there. Nobody's capable of traumatizing me. Mm-hmm. And so when that happened, codependency left and I just got so grounded that, but I had this question for these voices that were in me was what happens when something I experience right now brings up a memory from my past, like where I got traumatized and I'd done all my inner work, but there was still, um, like I would be a, so so when old trauma would would be recognized in the present i didn't have the mental and emotional uh trigger anymore i was 100% emotionally responsible nothing was triggering me but i could still feel it in my body mm. there was this somatic attachment in my cells and so it wasn't like a trigger but my body would get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I, I would feel it, you know? And, and it didn't, like, it wasn't something that, like, took control of my, my existence, but it was like, okay, there's still something there that's not fully healed. And so they, these voices inside of me, they told me, because I asked them about this, and they said, defer that to us. And it, and it took me a little while to realize that they were covering all of time. Like they were covering everything that has happened to me, everything that is happening to me and everything that is going to happen. Mm. And, and it was, it was literally like, um, like, like basically like God saying, I got your back. You know, <laughs> I guess that's the best way I could put it. Mm-hmm. And, and then the voices after a while, I, like, I just needed a little time to trust that. Yeah. So, so a couple of things came up and I deferred it to them and my body would relax. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it just, be, it just became normal and the voices went away and I haven't needed them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just all integrated. Yeah.